welcome to the Empower Church podcast. My name is Matt Garner, and I'm the pastor at Empower Church here in Melbourne, Australia. We're so glad you've joined us today, and I am believing that today's message is not only going to inspire you and encourage you, but it's going to empower, equip, and challenge you to be everything that God has called you to be. Hey, if you want more information about what we're up to at Empower Church, just jump on our website, empowerchurch.co, and all the details are there. We really hope that you enjoy the message. My journey for much of last year was just, I think, um, I turned 40 in lockdown, and um, I think just even the pioneering of a a new church, and um, I think COVID and everything that that brought with it, brought me to this place where I feel like I've experienced freedom to a level, but just um, felt in just like this pull, I suppose, just just to be be free, be free. And you know, I made a decision to to follow Jesus when I was thirteen, um, and He's done so much, so much in my life, so much in my family over the years, and. Um, generational lines have been changed as as a result of it. So I'm so thankful for what he's done. But there was just something in me that is like, I just I just want to be free. I just want to be freer. And so the the journey for me last year was um, walking with the Lord and with others, just around some inner healing as as He led. Um, and, you know, even the course that we ran with our leaders, Emotionally Healthy Discipleship, was was part of it. But I also went to, you know, a, a counsellor and to um, had prayer ministry and, and, and just began to go, I suppose, be vulnerable, be vulnerable before the Lord, be vulnerable with myself, um, be vulnerable with others. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm so, so um, just grateful for what the Lord has done. Um, And I kind of towards the end of the year almost forgot about that. But um, the end of September was the year of the the end of the year of Sabbath, the end of the year of of seven years um, of and in the Old Testament, it was called the year of release, the release of debt. And so around this time, the Lord just began to I think just stir me and I just was stirred around this whole thing about um, releasing debt and just being uh, debt free. And, um, you know, I think they've got the verses back there, but it's in Deuteronomy 15, 1 to 6. And I'm going to read it out. It says, at the end of every seven years, you shall grant a a release of debt. And this is the form of the release. Every creditor who has lent anybody, has lent anything to his neighbour shall release it. He shall not require it of his neighbour or his brother because it is called the Lord's release. Of a foreigner you may require it, but you shall give up your claim to what is owed by your brother, except when there may be except when there may be no poor among you, for the Lord will greatly bless you in the land at which the, the Lord is giving you to possess as your 
inheritance. Only if you carefully obey the voice of the Lord to observe uh, with care all the commandments which I command you today. For the Lord your God will bless you just as he promised you. You shall lend to many nations and you shall not borrow. You shall reign over the nations um, and they shall not reign over you. And what stood out to me is um, the Lord's release. And there's something in the, the, the heart of God that wants to release us, wants to release us from death, wants to release us from being restricted, from being confined, from being controlled. And, you know, this is talking about it. And when we, we think about debt, we think about it in the context of finances, right? Is that the first thing? Like you're like, why, why are we talking about this is a women's retreat? This is not a financial management course. But that's that's where our our, our head goes. But it's it's so it's so much deeper. It's so much deeper. And I believe the Lord today and over this weekend wants to set people free. Wants to release people from debts that they've held, from debts that have been held over them. And I'm not just talking. And and, and uh, I'm not going to. I'm. Um, play down, I suppose, the financial debt side, you know, like even obviously the situation we find ourselves in with increased um, rates and inflation. I know that this is an an issue um, for some people. So if that is the case, I really um, encourage you just to talk about it. Talk about it with others. There's so many great resources out there. There's people out there that can help you in this regard. But I also want to... um, I suppose just um, hone in, I suppose, around that whole area of uh, emotional debt and that debt that we can carry in our souls, in our minds, uh, in, our, in our emotions because um, the Lord wants us to be whole. He wants us to be whole. He wants our, our souls to be aligned with our spirit, with His spirit. And the greater, the greater um, levels of freedom requires for us to let go of debt. The less debt that we carry, the more freedom that is available to us. And so this weekend, I want to encourage you to come before the Lord and ask Him, what are those things? What are those things in my life? What are those things in my thinking? What are those things in my emotions? What are those things that have been in the past, in the generations that have created a debt in my life so that I am not walking in freedom? And a a verse um, for those that have been in church and hearing the messages over the last, uh, you know, couple of months, Matt's kind of like stuck in um, Romans and uh, as a, um, you know, we've just been kind of stuck in that book and so I've been reading it too. And there was just a um, a verse that just, you know when a verse just jumps out at you. So I was reading Romans 13 and um, it just jumped out at me and the context from, from the start is, you know, just Paul saying, you know, basically be a good, be a good citizen, you know, just... Honor the government, honor you know, honor the authorities, because um, they're God's appointed ones. Do that. Essentially, be 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 a good citizen. And then I just want to pick it up in Romans thirteen six. It says, 
Uh, this is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what is owed to them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. See how um, Paul, even here, he he switches from talking about, you know, the financial side of debt to if, you know, if it's respect, then pay respect. If it's honour, then honour. And this is, this is what um, really jumped out to me. Verse 8, let no debt remain outstanding. Let no debt remain outstanding except for the continual, continuing debt of love one to another. For whoever, for whoever loves others has fulfilled, fulfilled the law. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. And I was just thinking, and it's a bit, it's a generalisation, but I think a good one. As, as women, I think we can carry, we can carry um, emotional debts, right? And I think we can, we can sometimes say yes when we really mean no. And we can say yes to be accepted. We can say yes to be approved. We can say yes because of the fear of rejection. When we should have really said no, we can um, stay up late scrolling through social media or watching, you know, numbing screens for hours on end um, as a result of trying to escape. And as, then as a result, we put our bodies in sleep deficit. We may work for hours and hours and hours on end to try and keep us dis- distracted from the pains that are in our life um, and maybe just to try and prove something. We might buy something for someone and have a hidden expectation that they'll buy something for us in return or do something for someone with a hidden expectation of maybe if I do this, then they will do that. We might know that we've got a full week ahead and our diaries are full. Yet when that person asks to have coffee, it's like, yeah, let's have coffee. Yeah, let's have coffee. Let's have coffee. But you know at the time that you are overextending yourself, that you're putting yourself into emotional debt. And it's like we have these IOUs. And my, my son, MJ, he's saving up for a GoPro. And so he's got his like save jar at home. And, and every time he does a job, um, he gets to put money in his, his save jar. And he's been saving for a long time. Um, but it's funny because we don't really use cash anymore, right? Um, sometimes I'll just be like, okay, buddy, I owe you. And so um, uh, although he's got like a whole lot of cash in there, he's also got a whole lot of post-it notes in there that say I owe you. Or if I'm like, because we just don't carry it, well, I don't carry cash. Um, and if I need some cash, I'm like, I know where to go. I'll go to MJ's money jar. I'll take out the cash and I'll put this I owe you. Um, but I was just like, oh, wow, when he actually comes to buy that GoPro, I'm going to have do or Matt, you're going to have to fork out all of these IOUs. And I was just thinking it's a bit of um, an illustration of sometimes how we can live our lives. We can live with a IOU, you owe me, I owe you. I'm not putting it on actual people because I don't want them to feel like <laughs> I owe you. You know, even in our language, 
we can say, oh, I owe you one, or you owe me big time, you owe me so big. Or you might say, oh, you know, even in that honouring sense, I am so indebted to you. Are we? Are we? And so um, this weekend, I just would love to see us take steps towards um, just freedom and releasing those debts. I can't say what they are. You know, for some, there's more than others. For some, you're not even aware of them, but you find yourself exhausted and, um, you know, running out of, of steam and not living satisfied. And perhaps it's, it's because the area of your soul is carrying some, some debt. And so just really quickly, there's two ways to be released from debt. You either pay it back Or secondly, you forgive the debt or the debt is forgiven. And today I want to focus on the second around forgiveness. Because what is the, the greatest debt to mankind? Not a rhetorical question, go ahead. What's the greatest debt? Sin. Sin is the greatest debt. And at the root, I think, of all debt and debtedness is actually the root of sin. It distorts, it restricts and it damages the image that we were made in and that is the image of God. And the law says pay it back. Every other religion would say, pay it back, earn it, work your way. Religion would say, you need to earn it back, you need to do this and you need to do that. But the message of Jesus, the message of Jesus is one of forgiveness. He was the greatest substitute. He has the power to forgive because he took on the full debt. He paid it. For, the debt of forgive, for, for a debt to be forgiven, it must be absorbed in full by someone else. So if you think of the, the bank, right, if they forgive a loan, you're like, oh, awesome. It's just gone. It's just like, there you go. But you've got to think that someone on the other end had to say, I'll take that, I'll take that on for myself and that person or whatever, that organisation not only has to be willing to say, I'll take that, I'll take that debt but they have to have the resource, they have to be able to take on that debt and so some people ask, you know, why, why, why the cross? Why? Why did God have to send Jesus? Why did Jesus have to die such a terrible death? If God is God and He is so powerful and He is so loving, why? Why the cross? Because debt, sin is a debt that had to be paid for. 
And there was no man that could do it. There was no amount of works that could do it. There was no amount of the law that could actually do it. But Jesus, the Son of God, He, number one, and and Isaac um, taught so well around this a, a few weeks ago, as the Kingsman Redeemer, Jesus, number one, was able to pay the debt in full. But secondly, he was willing to pay the debt. And see, you know, when someone does something wrong, you know, if someone's murdered someone, right, there's even us, right, there's this sense of justice where we want justice to be fulfilled, right? We want, um, we want them to, yeah, we want justice, right? So how much more God, being a just, righteous God, wants justice? And so when we look at the love of, the, the love of God, we also need to look that he's also a just God. And so the only way that he could display both his love and his sense of justice, his righteousness, his holiness, was to send someone who would take the debt, who was... Um, who was able to pay the debt. And in, in um, Romans 3.26, it says that he might both, he might both be just and be the justifier. John Stott in um, The Cross of Christ says, for the essence of sin is man substituting himself for God. While the essence of salvation is God substituting himself for man, man asserts himself against God and puts himself where only God deserves to be. So, you know, so sin, so it was trying to glorify, it was trying to um, be glorified above, um, above God, trying to give glory to what um, to, to ourselves. And God, sacrifice, God sacrifices himself for man and puts himself where only man deserves to be. Man claims prerogatives which belong to God alone and God accepts penalties which belo- belong only to man. You know, um, Paul in the Romans, he's obviously writing to the church in Rome, which is um, a combination of both the Jews and the Gentiles. And so this message that Paul came and says, you do not need to work for your salvation. You do not need to work for your righteousness. There is a debt that is there that you cannot work yourself out of, but you need to come to Jesus. And it's His belief in Him through faith that you take on that forgiveness, that you receive. If there's a a person and they're saying, I'm going to forgive your, I'm going to forgive your debt. I'm able to forgive it and I'm willing to forgive it. And all it needs is by faith for you to go, okay, I'll receive that. And so to the Gentiles, it was ludicrous because they were of Jewish thinking and so everything was merit-based. If I do this and I do that and everything in, if I work really hard, then I will achieve this. And it was all about working towards um, greatness, intellectual greatness and all those things. And to the Jews, it was ludicrous because they were so caught up in the law so caught up in religion. But Jesus said, it was for freedom that I came 
for freedom. What is that verse? Um, for, for, oh my gosh. <laughs> it was for, for, for freedom that Christ set us free. There we go. Um, what is that? Galatians 5 1 or 1 5 1 of the cheek. Um, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. So don't go back to the yokes of bondage. Don't go back to the yoke of indebtedness because it was for freedom that Christ set you free. And Romans 4 to 4 to 5 says, Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as a debt. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted to him for righteousness. So today, because of Jesus, you are righteous. You are righteous. You are righteous. Righteousness is not something that we do. Holiness is not something that we do. Holiness is an identity, is an identity. As we take, as we look to Jesus, as we look to Jesus as the one that is not only able to pay that debt, but is willing to pay that debt, we, and we stand there and we release, we release our ability to try and work it out for ourselves, to try and do it in our own strength, to try and work to pay off that debt, to pay off that guilt, to pay off that experience. Would we simply look to Jesus? Would we look to His will? Would we look to His ways? And as we look to Jesus, would we be transformed? Holiness is an identity. And we can get so caught up on the sin. We can get so caught up on the debt that we don't actually turn to look at the one that forgives the debt, that releases the debt. And I believe that as we grab hold of this, sometimes when we think of sin, we just think of, you know, the things that I did wrong. But it's actually, and um, sin can also be just living out of a wrong identity where we don't view things. We view things out of our sinful nature rather than out of our redeemed nature in Christ Jesus. And this weekend, would we let go? Would we bring those things that we've maybe, it's not even someone else has put it on us or we've put on someone else, but we've actually put it on ourselves. You've got to work, 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 work to prove that you're good enough. Or could it ever be loved? Could it ever be lovable? I want to. I want to finish reading um, a passage from Luke. Jesus, he he's just so beautiful. So um, Jesus in in Luke seven, he's going to have um, have lunch with a Pharisee named Simon. 
Simon asked to come, him to come to his house. And so I'm reading from Luke 7, 36. It says, then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and he sat down to, to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, then she knew, she, uh, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster um, flask of fragrant oil and stood at the feet of Jesus behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with, the, with her hair of her head and she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw, he spoke to himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him for he for she is a sinner. So here we have a man that is is holding a debt is holding a debt over this woman and saying, how could you? How could you touch Jesus? And not only that, he's trying to then put that on Jesus and saying, Jesus, how could you let that woman come to you? How could you let that woman touch you? And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. There, is, there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with uh, which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which one of them would love you more? Simon answered, well, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you were rightly judged. And then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I have entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet. And she has washed, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped, um, and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. And you did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she has loved much. But to whom little has been forgiven, the same loves little. And then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And to those um, who sat at the table with him began to say to them, who is he who can forgive sins? Then he said to this woman, go, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This woman, this woman had a revelation. She had the tenacity to just come before Jesus and have the faith to know that her sins, her past, her identity, everything is found in him, in, in him so much so that she would cross up across cultural barriers, that she would step across things that could have um, had retribution for her because she had such a belief in the work of Jesus, in the forgiveness of sin. And I love the fact that it says, go in peace. Can you imagine the um, emotional, I suppose, 
um, turmoil or baggage or the debt that society would have placed on this woman. Who are you? Who are you? You've sinned so much. The places that you have been, the things that you have said. Yet she had a revelation of Jesus. And what does he say to you? You're forgiven. Your debt is forgiven. And he says, go in peace. He gave peace to her soul. He gave rest to her mind. And I just want to um, prophesy today the release of the Lord, the release of the Lord, the release of the Lord. I declare peace to minds. I declare restoration to souls and hearts and minds as we come to the feet of Jesus. As we allow, you know, this this was also a prophetic um, declaration that this woman, she came and she anointed Jesus for his his, um, death and his, his, his burial. She anointed him for that one act that redeemed us, that would, we would live free as we embrace not our sin nature, our sin image that the world would put upon us, that we would put upon ourselves, but we would be, embrace how we're created to, to be. We would embrace the image of God for which he made you in, for which he created you in. And that we would live out, that we would not live out of guilt, that we would not live out of shame, but we would live out of love. And I almost forgot, but I want to come back quickly to Romans 13. Let no debt remain outstanding except for the continual debt of love. And he says to this lady in this in this verse who him that has been forgiven a little loves a little, he that's been forgiven much loves much. Would we be women that live not out of debt, not out of I owe you, not out of I have to do this? that we would not um, serve and help because I have to do this or what are they going to think of me or will I be rejected or will I be accepted? But no, we would serve out of our Christ nature. We would serve out of love. We would give out of not obligation, but we would give out of love. We would care not because we're consumed about what others think of us, but simply out of love. That we would go about our lives and about our pursuits, about our goals, not because we need to be validated, not because we need to be ex- ex- feel that we need to be needed or accepted, but simply because we are free. We are free, we are free, we are free. We are free. You are bold. You are courageous. Come on, just lean into the Spirit of God now. Lean into Holy Spirit.
you were loved, you were chosen. Unrestricted, unhindered. <laughs> 